Star Wars The Last Jedi is the 8th numbered Star Wars movie and the most hyped movie of 2017, but does this one leave a lasting impression or Jedi a slow death? I'm Mike. And I'm Darren. And this is Popscorn. Popscorn, the Final Entertainment Movie Review Podcast, and today we're talking about The Last Jedi. Star Wars The Last Jedi, Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi. I mean, this thing has several titles, much like any other Star Wars movie. Yeah. You know which one we're on about. It's the one with Mark Hamill in it. Woo! That's basically what most of the posts have been. Mark Hamill and Borgs. Yeah. yeah. Once again, in case you were giving came, I did avoid all trailers. Even more successfully than I did with Force Awakens. Weirdly, this wasn't shown... The trailer, at least, wasn't shown in cinemas around us all that much. Not a lot, no. I only had to run out of Justice League to avoid it, so... It definitely was tied to Justice League when I saw it as well. And I think the only other movie it was tied to, that I can remember, was the second or third time I saw Spider-Man. They played the early trailer. Because uh, right. it's a Disney movie, so, you know. Mm. But they didn't even play it on Thor Ragnarok, which was a Disney property about space. Yeah, but I've seen the Black Panther trailer more often than I have. I cannot escape the Black Panther trailer. But <laughs> it's yeah. a good thing you weren't trying to avoid that one. You'd have been out of every screening. Right, right. But again, it doesn't appear to have mattered because it smashed all the box office records. Obviously. Or at least came close to them. It's not the second highest one, but the first highest one would be Force Awakens, so it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's still taking this year without a doubt. Yes, absolutely. Um... But now it's time for opinions. Mm. Um, now, this has been... Um, the critics before the movie all came out in force to say, it's great, it's fantastic, no worries, the best one since Empire, you're going to love it. And hype was reading critical mass on Friday uh, when myself and yourself went and watched this. We did. Um, and, and coming out of it, Star Wars is meant to make you feel emotions, Michael. It, it is. And... Uh, you know, the originals and the prequels, for better and for worse, all made me feel things. Yeah. But, yes. to its credit, The Last Jedi made me feel a brand new emotion I've never had coming out of a Star Wars movie. Oh, what's that? Blind searing rage, Michael! <laughs> Blind searing rage! I was so... And you will test... test your... You were not happy. I was a fucking ball of anger when I came out of this. Fuck me, I was apocalyptic. So, as we came out of the movie, I started noticing the divisiveness about this movie online. Yeah. And and I want to get into why I think this movie's divisive a little bit later on, but I just want to get like our opinions out of the way straight first. So, I'm guessing you weren't too hot. Well, this is the thing, right? I really need to watch this a second time. Yeah, 100%. I really do, because there is a great gulf in opinion between... Those who think it's genuinely fantastic, the best ones in Empire, and that's not them just, you know, being full of hyperbole. Yeah. But then, a, 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 not an overwhelming majority, but I'd say it's at least 50-50 split of people. Certainly, like, as I would say, sort of like the the hipsterish crowd and yeah. the critics are very much in agreement that it is the biggest work of art since, you know, yeah. since Empire. Meanwhile, on the other side of the gulf, 
there is what I consider to be sort of like the more hardcore Star Wars fans who who essentially are calling this a new prequel. Yeah, even there's even a petition doing the range to remove it from canon. Wow, holy yeah, shit, after yeah. the big canon reshuffle of yeah. 2015. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I'll, I'll come out saying I'm not that far down the rabbit hole. No. I think my issue is, to explain why I came out feeling so angry, I've never, even the prequels, okay, maybe Jar Jar aside, fine. I've never been watching a Star Wars movie and been actively like shaking my head and going like, what the fuck is this? And pointing at the screen and getting quite, you know, agitated in my seat as I did during The Last Jedi. Yeah. I've just, and we're going to get into the minutia of that as we go through the podcast. We're going to have to. A lot of, a lot of little things, admittedly it's a lot of little things, more so than big kind of overarching things that ruined it for me. But that's the thing, and given that this movie is, I think... I'm confident quite saying it's the longest Star Wars movie yes. to date. There's a lot of space for a lot of stuff to go wrong. And unfortunately, it feels like this movie, as a middle chapter, as you might mm. expect from other franchises, yeah. is near enough... I, I don't feel wrong in saying it's near enough all filler. Yeah, there's not a lot of consequential things happening here until right near the end. Yeah, but the thing, a lot of shit happens, but it either feels contradictory mm. for the sake of being contradictory yeah. or misleading for the sake of getting just having a subplot for the sake of having a subplot the, what, the actual meat of the movie what I think the people are being sold on the Ray Luke Kylo dynamic mm. is is probably less than a third of this movie yeah and that's a big problem and it's what those other two thirds try to be that kind of Muddies the water. It's very much the Order of the Phoenix of Star Wars movies. Mm, the one oh, that's, the, yeah. the, at least for a good chunk of time in that, we went into nothing's good territory. Yes. The longest, but with the least going on. Yeah, pretty much. But, I'll put it this way, as much as I do have those feelings of anger and some very severe problems with the movie, at time of recording this, this might change by the time the article comes out and we release our end of year podcast, it is in my top ten for the year. Hmm. Because what is good is great. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Particularly, one actor in particular, holy fucking shit. Yeah. I, some people are not so keen. I thought, uh, Mark Hamill, <laughs> fucking <laughs> yeah. masterclass. I loved all of it. I know, Everything yeah. to do with him and Ray in isolation, I fucking loved. Except for one thing, but we're going to have to mention that in spoilers. I thought Mark Hamill did a fucking fantastic job as a jaded conflicted Luke Skywalker. Mark Hamill is the reason to see this movie. Absolutely. If, if you have if you are a Star Wars fan who's heard the backlash or or perhaps doesn't trust the critics and you're thinking maybe this isn't the move isn't the movie for you, I would say do it for Luke. Go and watch it for Mark Hamill who puts in quite possibly the performance of his career. Yeah. He is phenomenal. This he spends a lot of time alone with Ray as I'm sure you're aware um early um, shootings that took place over in Ireland with just him and Ray, and a lot of the movie is just centered upon this key relationship of master and student, yes. and he pulls it off. He's a tour de force. Like you, you don't believe that this is the same character you're seeing, but from beat one, Mark Howell believes you. He makes you believe that this is a, a Luke Skywalker who's been through the fucking ringer. Yeah, 
And he makes you feel every moment of that. He's definitely the one of the main three that's changed the most over these movies. Yeah. I mean, Han hadn't really changed at all. For all the credit we gave Harrison Ford last time round, he was still playing a straightforward Han Solo character as he was in the 80s. This isn't the Luke Skywalker that was at the end of Return of the Jedi. He's had some shit happen to him. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he suffers the least from one of the, the film's real problems, which is there's a lot of severe and abrupt motivational changes in this movie. Yeah. I don't think Luke suffers from that as much. No, I think at all, in really. terms of character MOs, Luke's is the one you pretty much get moment to moment, I think. Yeah. I think he has a very definite starting point at this movie and a very yep. definite ending point at this yes. movie. And they are very contrasting and you yep. do get to see the full range within that. They take time to explain how he's arrived at this position, um, why he starts off the movie so jaded and so kind of anti-Jedi almost. Mm. And and they then take time to, you know, talk about how he changes his mind on that going forward, how that's going to affect the franchise. It's really fucking good. I cannot praise him enough because I was fucking worried having seen him t- turn up in the Flash as the trickster yeah. last year and then keep going, fuck me, he's got to be Luke Skywalker. <laughs> oh, God. And as much as I love wacky Mark Hamill, to then have to then flip yeah. the switch and become serious Luke Skywalker was going to be quite the thing. But no, of all the issues with this movie, Mark Hamill is not one of them. Hell no. Um, so yeah, he's as you've seen from the trailers, he spends most of his time um, with Daisy Ridley, taking off the Empire Strikes Back, Yoda and Luke dynamic. But now it's Luke and Ray, um, and Daisy's a, Daisy Ridley. Oh. Ray is a bit more of a of a. Uh, she's not as optimistic as Luke Skywalker was, and and it's a different dynamic from the what it was in Empire. Ray is a, a different girl of his because there's so much more of the dark side in her. That's not too spoilery to say, is it? Um, I mean, slightly, but I think we can we can roll with that. I think this movie has a theme of dealing with 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 darkness and with failure. Yeah. So I think that that's that's something that we do need to address as 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 a, a thematic point as well as a character point. So, yeah, Ray has a lot more to deal with when it comes to learning about her connection to the Force. Yeah, and that's pretty much her arc going forward. Yeah, I think is that not so much. And I think if you're going into this movie thinking, oh, okay, we're going to get to see Rey follow Luke's path and and run away from her training so she can later complete becoming a Jedi. That's not where the movie's going. The movie is very much much trying to tell a story about the Force rather than about the Jedi. No, you're right. You're right. Um, However, if there's one character in particular that, that suffers from the motivational changes... The abrupt motivational changes. It is Ray. Now, I, I'm not sure I agree with that. I, I want to hear you out on that point. Okay. Where I think Ray falls flat on this movie is, unfortunately, very spoiler heavy. But just to put a blanket statement over it, uh, the point that she is at at the end of the movie is total horseshit. How? Oh, just. Nice. I was really enjoying. Um, Daisy Ridley's performance and I think she's a fantastic actress and she does a lot with Ray at the start of the movie that I really was on board with but when we get to the the closing moments of the movie I just I can't quite believe the the level of deus ex machina we've reached with this character with oh. no explanation we'll get to that though so Darren please explain your point well this thing I, I again have to kind of spoil things to really get into the meat of what was wrong with Ray. But yeah, there, there's several times in this where, without warning, 
And without her really explaining why she's making, you know, complete 180 decisions compared to where she was, you know, five minutes ago, it, it happens frequently. It's particularly near the end of the movie. There's a lot of flipping and flopping from, from Ray that I think kind of hurts her. For all of, you know, Luke's kind of dalliances, he never really, you know, goes to the dark side, but he, he flirts with it. There was a much straighter path in front of him. And it's not a bad thing to have a, a you know, a, a more... A more wiggly path in front of Ray, for want of a better <laughs> word. Lack of a better, a word, better yeah. undetermined path in front of her, not just yeah. the straightforward approach. That's fine, but it, it doesn't it doesn't look like that. It just looks like bad storytelling. Yeah, I get it. Uh, who's next? Shall we talk about well, John Boyega? Uh, can I quickly can we can we do something else instead? Just because whilst oh. we're on the topic of a wibbly wobbly path, yeah. with a lot of uncertainty, whereas that doesn't really benefit Ray, it does, in my opinion, benefit Kylo Ren. Okay. Yes. Uh, I think most improved award from Force Awakens. I mean, I was down with that shtick in Force Awakens. So was to, I. To see it progressing the way that it does in this movie, that yeah. was brilliant. And I think, I think Kylo Ren's the standout character, that, apart from Mark Hamill, who is the reason to see the movie. Yeah. The standout of our new characters, or perhaps every other character in the movie, yeah. is Kylo Ren. Yeah. He's, they've really doubled down on the kind of raw nerve aspect of Kylo Ren that he's just not stable Mm. and you're never entirely sure what he's about to do I like that I really like that it's for for all the things that I've read about the movie going forward and how how director Ryan Johnson wanted to surprise audiences Mm. he's done a fucking lot of that yeah but the one that I think was worked the best is giving us a, a villain who feels tangibly different to Vader to Palpatine yeah. to Darth Maul. He, he feels like a different force entirely. He's yes. not level-headed. He is rash and emotional. Yeah. And yes, we kind of saw that a little bit in in Anakin Skywalker in Episode 3 when he makes a, all the terrible decisions. Yes. But half the time, Carlo's not making terrible decisions. He's making quite good decisions. In the moment, you can occasionally be quite, you know, impulsive and just... Act like a teenager, basically. Yeah, that there's a scene where that is yeah. really good, but we'll get. But to that. that doesn't uh, to contrast that with Ray. When Ray kind of has these impulsive moments and goes against what we thought she was going to do, it feels like bad writing because she's just not given the time to breathe. With Kylo, because it's so embedded in his character, it's what he's about. It feels more natural. Yeah, it, it better, and that's why I have no issues with what Adam Driver's doing. Um, Can we just head over to Pit Corner a second? Yes. There's a scene where Adam Driver's got his top off and both me and the missus got hot under the collar. I'm alright with her. Mandem's been working out. I know, right? Damn. Well done. I thought he was just going to be some like skinny, you know, we didn't know he's fucking... <laughs> he is ripped to fuck. I think it's it must have been the bodybuilding he'd done for Logan Lucky, paying off oh, a he bit. Was pretty... He was quite henching well, Logan Lucky. Well, that's he's gone so. with the Channing Tatum route because Channing Tatum's not particularly defined mm. most of the time. He's just like... Stacked. Built. Like Bane, basically. Yeah. He's just got... There's just stuff there's mass. There's just there's mass there exactly <laughs> he's not rocking he might have had a six pack but yeah he just looks like if he's punching you in the face it's gonna fucking hurt which is rare for a jedi hmm. we don't have many like big muscly jedi so or sith really or sith no they're all usually like wafing yeah. so well done you adam driver <laughs> okay that's it for big corner here we come um john behagas a handsome man as well he is he must admit however i feel like he was given Quite possibly one of the worst fucking storylines to deal with, and and it's not a knock against John Boyega, who is brilliant. He's trying, he's he's working the best of the material he's got, he's and I go. still like Finn. 
I mm. still really like Finn and I like what they're doing with that character and I like how they've set up these rather odd relationships with other people yeah. that we'll get into. Uh-huh. But like he's doing the best with the shit he's been handed with. I really hope that in the next movie he gets more to do. It it felt like busy work. Yeah. It felt like Rian Johnson inherited these characters and then went, right, well, we've got to do something significant with all of them. Mm. And as much as that's to the benefit of Poe, it's to the detraction of Finn, who I think was the more interesting character just because of his backstory, his relationship with both Ray and Poe. But he's just kind of... He's extracted from the main (laughs) story for a a side quest. Well, that's the thing. Because Force Awakens was, in, in essence... It had a cop-out ending in that you've been led to believe that Finn will be the one to take up the the new Jedi mantle and then, yeah. you, and then it flips over to Rey. Great moment. Great yeah. moment in cinema. But it leaves Finn with just a lack of purpose, really. Yeah. So they're, they're essentially getting to do busybody work for the, for the Resistance. And I feel like this character is so much better than that. Yeah. No, you're right. And... and- it kind of robs him of any genuine hero moments, I think. Mm. Like, he has, like, one or two little fights, but it's nothing compared to what he did in the first movie, like, when he just fucking charged at Kylo Ren. Yeah. A fully trained Sith, right, <laughs> with just a fucking lightsaber and tried to waffle him. It didn't go well for him, right, but he was protecting Rey, yeah. and that was great for him. It just doesn't get that. Instead, he gets upstaged, minor spoiler, by BB-8 several times in this movie. Yeah. BB-8 is the true hero of the Resistance. Can I just point that out? Yeah. There's a scene. Oh, we'll talk about it. I think BB-8's near the Mary Sue. <laughs> yeah, BB-8 is just... He can do no wrong. No. And I'm just... okay with this, but he can do no wrong. No, he can't, but it's just... Oh, they're going a bit over the top with how much he can do. I know. He was kind of... Oh, he was doing a lot of quirky things. Okay, right. We'll, we'll mention the new character. Can we, I want to compact yeah, okay. all of this yep, Finn yep, stuff. Yep. Uh, Rose, played by... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we didn't look this up. Oh, um, I'll look it up. You look it up whilst I'm talking. Uh, Rose introduces kind of a new... Uh, I'm not going to say third wheel. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but for all intents and purposes, and for the lack of a better word... A third wheel. wheel. She's um, a new character introduced to us um, near the start of the movie. She's basically a back-game character... And I don't mean that to be like derogatory. That's how she's like portrayed. She's like, I'm just someone who hangs around in the background looking at pipes all day. Kelly Marie Tran. Woo. She's the one who um, plays Rose. And she's kind of brought in to be Finn's sidekick. Essentially. And give a bit more um, context to the world that they go and visit. Can you look up the name of that planet, Michael? Which planet? Um, the planet that Finn and uh, Canto Rose... Bite, I know it. Well done. Because um, I have a lot to fucking say about this subplot. <laughs> So, oh, Jesus. So she's there to kind of just... Because Finn obviously needs a lot of the world explaining to him because he was just a stormtrooper for a long time. And they go to the place called... Canto Bite. Which is a casino planet, for for better or for worse. That's the best way to describe it. Um, and it starts off somewhat smartly. Yeah. Somewhat. Somewhat. Where they're like saying, look, yes, it looks like a picturesque place and there's all these people at the casino living lavishly. But, you know, this is built off blood money. These are people that have, you know, yes, they've given stuff to the resistance, but they've also filled their banks thanks to selling weapons to the First Order. And, you know, those animals down there doing the track racing thing, they they aren't, you know, free animals can do what they want. They're essentially slaves. They're whipped and beaten and then they go out on the track and run around for everyone's entertainment. I was like, 
cool. I'm liking that we, you know, because say it will about the original Star Wars, but there's not a lot of grey area in that movie. Mm. It's nice to see that thing. However, it is in essence a good idea until it is fucking executed. <laughs> Because Jesus fucking Christ, it drags like you wouldn't believe, and it relates to fucking nothing. Right for the main plot. Right there to to not give it too much weight. They have to go there to find somebody who's going to be able to help the resistance's cause. The Knot Collector. Yes. Um, or, ooh, hold him for a second, right? <laughs> and they go to this casino planet, and I swear to fuck, someone from Disney watched. A different cut of Fantastic Beast to the rest of the world watched. It was like, wow, this seems like a good idea. We'll just get loads of wacky, weird-looking creatures things and do some slapstick comedy in Star Wars. It's the least Star Warsy feeling scene mm. or collection of scenes ever. That's something I want to come back to in the spoiler scene, the spoiler bit, because there's a lot in this movie that does not feel like Star Wars. No, and I think that's probably its biggest problem, mm. is that... Force Awakens sometimes felt too much like a Star Wars movie. However, before any of the detractors on the pro-Jedi side come out and say that it's fanboys complaining that something was too much, too much of of a similarity and then too different, I'm very fucking okay with the idea of a Star Wars movie looking like a Star Wars movie. Yeah. I still love The Force Awakens. I still get giddy watching that movie. Yeah. It's still good. Yeah. I'm not going back on that. It's not about taking risks and then automatically getting you a thumbs up. Exactly. It's about taking smart risks. It's about making something that feels like Star Wars. It shouldn't be hard. But we'll come back to that. We will. Yeah, Canto, whatever the fuck. Canto bite. That. It's it's so, like, there's so many little weird creatures walking around. And I don't mean, like, a cantina scene or something like that. I mean, like, like the weird opera singer who's made of bubbles... It goes, yeah, that. So much, and then someone's putting coins, this little weird gremlin thing from a Harry Potter movie. He's putting money into BB-8 because he thinks it's a slot machine. Fun fact, you know who did the uh, voice acting slash mocap for that? Go on. Mark Hamill. What, for the opera thing? For the little little thing who keeps putting coins in BB-8. That's Mark Hamill. Okay. <laughs> and now you know that. Oh, <laughs> now I have to like it. Apparently he wanted to do some mocap, so they gave him this little character. Oh, that's nice. Oh. But yeah, it just doesn't... It feels The entire time they're there, it feels out of place. And ultimately, it's completely pointless. Yeah. Narratively, it adds nothing to the characters. It adds nothing to the, the overall film. It adds nothing to the plot. It's just busy work. It has three reasons to exist in my head. Give something for Finn to do. Forces Rose upon you like a bad fucking plague. Yes, but I don't think she was bad. I don't think she was the issue here. No, her performance was good. Her, performance her character was motivations good. are dog shit. There we go. Okay. And the third reason is to force the uh, pro-animal storyline in there for reasons. Oh! There is a fourth reason. There is a fourth reason before you finish mm. this one. But we have to come back to it in spoilers. But for the now, three. Animals are a big fucking issue in this movie. Yep. More than ever before. Oh my God, why is it so overflowing with fucking animals that we can turn into merchandise? The fucking weird horse things... With on, human faces. With human faces They're on fucking the fucking weird. Things, the fucking Alolan Vulpixes on fucking <laughs> crates. Just fucking running around. And the fucking porgs! <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you know what? This is what I shouted at you. Because yeah. you said... I, I want you to say it back to me. And I'm proud in saying it. I thought the Porgs were cute. 
And I turned to you with nothing less than blood in my eyes and said, <laughs> oh yeah, I know what Star Wars fucking needed. The penguins are fucking Madagascar. That's a fucking good idea. <laughs> no, no, no. They are worse than Ewoks. No, they're not. They are worse than Ewoks. No, they're not. Ewoks added something and they were actually an allegory for something like, you know, a, a completely useless species rising up, coming together and defeating the Empire. Yes, it was ham-fisted. Yes, it was fucking just cynical to get merchandise things in. But they served a narrative purpose. What did the fucking Porgs add to the Star Wars movie? Nothing, but they didn't need to. They're an indigenous species. <laughs> uh, right. Right, so if they'd just been on Luke's planet and yeah. they just fucking skipped around a little bit and yep. gone, right, and that scene with Chewie trying to eat them, I didn't much care for it, but fine. Yeah, that was a weird dark But moment. then they come on the Millennium Falcon Yep. and do the whole, oh, splashed it against the window because we turned right. That shit works in Marvel because that's a completely different Catalyst fish. Not the same like my, I know, it, I know it's a fucking kids movie, but... No, not having it. They're the fucking worst. They're not the worst than Ewoks because what Ewoks did was take the plot of Return of the Jedi and strangle it until it was slightly not that much fun. At least the Porgs didn't get in the fucking way. And yes, they are there to sell toys because Star Wars movies are two things, family friendly and merchandise friendly. So you put the cute animals in along with the fucking... Star Wars nerd things, and then 40-year-old nerds will take their fucking kids to see it. They'll get a pork toy on the way home for Christmas, because that's what the movie's meant to do. At least it didn't take the plot, which already has enough fucking problems with it, and then further complicate it. They are just dumb animals, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Unlike the Canto Bite bit, where the fucking weird horse face things that are 10 foot tall instantly become a part of the plot. And seemingly... Fuck the spoilers. Seemingly set up Ryan Johnson's upcoming trilogy, which I am not looking forward to. Oh, okay. I know what you're on about. We'll, we'll save that for just a split second, if you don't mind. Michael. Yeah, sorry. No, it's just... There were a lot of deus ex animals running around. Yeah, and were the Porgs ever one of them? I'll defend the Porgs. I'm sorry. I'll defend the fucking Porgs. The horse-faced weird shit, and especially the Alolan Vulpixes were yeah. forced into the fucking plot. At least the Porgs were just dumb and cute. I no, I'm not going to agree with the Porg thing. They they were the the item of anger. My fucking muse of all of my hatred towards the bad things in this movie was centered on those fucking things. Because every time they came up at the start, it was just an eye roll. Yep. To see these fucking things wandering around in my Star Wars movie. The more they showed up, and the more it became apparent that you know, after the first trial, everyone. Went, Oh, that's cute. Let's get these in as many shots as humanly possible. Because fucking idiots and hipsters are going to be like, Oh, great, I love the pork. We need to get pork in everything. I admit I've probably gone a little overboard in this, but I maintain, didn't fucking like them. They were the fucking worst. No, they weren't Deus Ex Machina, but that means that they even had less impact on the plot than the fucking Alolan Vulpixes and the fucking horse, the man-faced horse. Right? Man-faced horse. Good name for a metal band. There it is. Um, so we're going to have to move away from Porks because I'm just going to get angry again. One quick question before we do. Mm. Worse than Gungans? No, oh, Christ, no. There we go. Okay, we can agree on that. Uh, no, but it's not far off. Um, anyway. Yes. Uh, who have we got next? Benicio Del Toro. Have we talked about him? No, I fucking hate that. Yeah, I mean, it was the collector. I'm sorry, it was the fucking collector. With a stutter? Yeah, that's different. 
Come on, Benicio, you're better than this. Well, he was there just to be, I will heel turn. <laughs> Big old fucking neon sign. Any second now, we'll betray you. That's what I'm going to do. It seems like they were forcing him in as the, the Lando light. But here's the thing. Lando has a redemptive arc. Lando became a beloved character. Who's rushing out to get the fucking DJ Funko Pop? Whose name was never mentioned. We only know this because merchandise. Yeah, I know, I know. And That's Lando- a theme. Lando was intergalactic motherfucker. Yeah, that is true. Benicio del Toro's characterization of this was he has a stutter <laughs> and he's a bit odd. That is true. I, mm, mm. I'm surely to Christ, Benicio del Toro of all people could have come up with something better than this. That's true. I don't know whether it's him or the writers or whatever, but something went drastically wrong because that was a very badly written. Mm. Again, felt like it was from a different movie. Yeah, let's let's quickly compare that to this kind of performances and writing you get in another space opera Guardians of the Galaxy essentially we get it Michael you like Guardians of the Galaxy um, the cast are allowed to play with their characters and make them their own Benicio Del Toro in retrospect now feels very restricted I don't feel like he got much input on that I think that was very much the Iron Fist of Disney going you will say what you know Ryan Johnson yeah. has written down no matter how bad a fucking writer he is yeah him him. I'll I'll save him for later on, I think. Um Poe. I like Poe still. I like Poe still. And I, I think he has a better outing this time. Three quarters of his story yeah. is fantastic character progression. Yes. The last quarter is the plot shit itself. Yes, it did. <laughs> it really fucking yes, did. It did. Is that spoilers? I don't know if that's I spoilers. I think it is. I guess so. Uh, we'll wait. We don't, we're not. we hurtling towards the spoilers. But I, um, I do like how they paired him up with Leia of all people. Yeah, that was a nice dynamic. Mm. I liked how they worked together. Um, it fleshed him out. He's probably, again, other than Kylo Ren, he's, he's benefited the most from more fleshing out. That's true. He's like Hawkeye in Ultron. Yeah, I get Kind it. of a peripheral. You know he's cool. You know he's doing cool things in the first one. But this one, you get a bit more in-depth with him. And I liked it. I think Oscar Isaac did a good job. Mm. Um, he gets to be a badass. He gets to be the opening badass. He does. Which is so fucking cool. That opening um, scene's great, by the way. Like, a really yeah, good... Yeah. Spa- space battles is not a problem that this movie has. In oh, fact, no, no, battles no, no. in general, not a problem that this movie has. Yes, but subtlety is. Yes. His lesson... He, the thing that we were trying to learn about Poe Dameron is he's a hothead who goes in firing on all cinders first and then asks questions later. And, you know, Leia disagrees with that. Um, the new lady, Hordo? Holdo. Holdo. Um, she also disagrees with this, and they both try and demote him to, you know, make him see the errors he ways. This is handled with about all the subtlety of a fucking sledgehammer. Yep. You are beaten over the fucking head with, he's a hothead, he's a hothead, he must learn to calm. Um, <laughs> and, and that's it. That's it. It's That's really bad. Thing. Oscar Isaac should be commended for rising above that and giving it a little bit more depth despite everyone else trying not to do that. Exactly. And there's a point in this movie where the entire point of this arc is, like you say, coming at you with the force of a fucking freight train. And it is so insulting, not only to the audience, but I think to Poe's characterization, to the characterization of other Resistance characters to the fucking plot. Yeah. It just... Much like the Finn subplot, this feels like a lot of hullabaloo for a lot of wasted time. 
whilst yeah. we can't have an entire movie of Ray getting trained, we have to deal with this shit. Exactly. And unfortunately, I mean, all credit to Isaac, Isaac, uh, Oscar Isaacs, like you said, for rising above it and actually giving a really fucking good performance. And I'm happy to see more Poe. Yes, but because other than him, no one in that kind of extended Resistance versus um, blah, 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 First Order chase scene. <laughs> no one comes out of that looking smart. No, uh-uh, there's a lot of fucking dumb people in space. <laughs> it turns out, um, which we'll have to break down later. I, I think to. on the topic of Holdo, yeah, this was um, Laura, Dern. Laura Dern being added, Yay! which I'm like, I'm never sad to see space Laura Dern. <laughs> It was. It wasn't great though, was it? It was okay. One, up just... until the reveal. That's probably a spoiler, but up until the reveal, I was like, "This is okay." But then the reveal retroactively ruined everything else she was doing. I mean, she she leaves the movie in a cool way. She does get to go out in a very cool way. However, before that, I was just seething with fucking anger at this character. Oh, like, God. you've wasted this much of my time. I know for this. I know, I know. And again, you feel like Laura Dern. Laura Dern did fine with what she was given. Yeah, but what she given was shit. Mm-hmm. And and again, it's a good job they've got so many good actors running around. I know, right? Shit character with a weird hair colour. Hey, it kind of worked. And really, really exposed shoulder blades. Yeah, that was a bit, bit weird, of, right? Bit of a personal thing with me. I just don't... I'm, I'm, I'm not a bone dude. Can't take <laughs> protruding bones and hers were looking at me for a considerable <laughs> amount of that movie. So a little bit distracting there. Leia, I think, is someone we have to discuss in the spoilers. Yeah. Because to talk about her in any which way, you have to give away what happens to her basically at the start of the movie. Yeah. And that's a big thing. So let's just sum it up in a sentence. I'm, I'm glad I got to see Carrie Fisher's last performance because she's great. Yes, perfectly fine. Um, and, and yes, it's it's unfortunate you are gutted to, that you won't get to see what she did, at, in, in what she would have done in episode nine. Yeah. Because it did feel like the natural progression of things to be Force Awakens is Hans, Last Jedi is Luke's, uh, nine would layers. be layers. Which is a shame. It is a it is a big shame. It's going to be very interesting to see how they kind of manoeuvre around that. And I, and I know this is a minor spoiler, but there is a, a tribute to Carrie Fisher at the end of the movie as well. There is. And that's... It, it just it just made me feel things. And her dog got to cameo in the Casino Planet bit. He did! He did. It was very cute. Um, and they also... I, th- I don't know if this was because they did some reshoots or whatever, but her daughter is in a much more prominent role than she was in the first one. I quite like if that's... If Billy Lord is actually yeah. a returning character because she's not bad. No. Like, I like the idea... I Because there's a scene in the movie where she's paired up with Poe for, for a substantial sort of action-y scene. Yeah. And she does all right, actually. Yeah. In 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 with the loss of Leia, and with the loss of a lot of fucking characters, which mm-hmm. we'll get to in a minute, maybe this is a good pairing. Maybe we could have a a rebel pilot master apprentice relationship with these two. That'd be really cool. It could. I I would almost be okay with her kind of stepping in as the new leader of the resistance. That'd be cool. Instead of going and getting someone that we've got a you know kind of introduced to mm. like like a holdo or someone like that to have her there step in yes it can work thematically on the movie and and storyline wise because she was clearly someone that Leia trusted mm. so with them kind of being a bit you know they're not at the height of their strength at the end of this movie the resistance no to then have you know that to be like right we can't just go and get some admiral we've got to go and get who we can you'd be nice and then from a fan point of view it's like Okay, Carrie Fisher's daughter is now taking the mantle of yeah, her mom. Yeah, is the new general. That'd be that's cool. very nice. Um, I think that's everybody. 
Snoke will have to wait. Yep. Um, yeah, I thought opening space battle, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Poe versus the new big, like... Um, uh, super, super Dud Star Destroyer thing he made. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, this was the Devastator Cannon, wasn't it? The new Super Duper Star Destroyer Mega Ultra Turbo didn't turn up until the next bit. Yes, Snoke ship. Exactly, yeah. The, it had um, a name, apparently. The Fincrust Peter, as I like to call it. <laughs> it did look like a Fincrust Peter. I, I must say, right, new vehicles are still a bit of a thing, right? We had the new bombers at the start of this, mm. which were like, they're not Y-wings. Y-wings are more manoeuvrable and usually use like laser beams. Yeah, they're, These... all, they're Y-wings if somebody pulled the pad away from you really well, quickly. Yeah. It's they're, like, <laughs> they're, like, they're like new B-wings. And I always thought the B-wing was a fucking piece of shit ship. Yeah, AX and Y are the ones you remember. Yeah, the B-wing was always the fucking ugly fucking duckling <laughs> of those. And they're better version than them, but they kind of get shitted on in this movie. <laughs> yeah. They're shown to be quite ineffective at their there's job. Like the, in the opening scene, there's about ten of them and nine None of them make it out. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's like, okay, you won't be buying this Lego set. No, no, no. Um, it is out, though. I did go to Smith today. It is out. I know, I know, I know. Um, the, the kind of... The ones you see in the uh, trailer, the ones that are skimming across the, oh, the dusty plate. in crate. They're, like, intentionally a bit shit. I like them. Yeah, they were fine. Um, as standings for the snow speeder, though... Because again, is we have to make me make some parts of Empire. Yep. Um, that didn't really work for me. What did fuck you? Oh yeah, and the Star Destroyer is a bit of unimaginative design. It's just like we'll get a Star Destroyer and we'll just make it flat. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking Kylo Ren's Tie Fighter though. Oh, the Tie was it? The, oh god, I know this. Eviscerator. Is it the Tie Eviscerator? No idea. It just sounds cool. I think it's the Tie Silencer. I think silencer. That's, that's it. That's it. Fuck, that's, I want that Lego cool. set. That is a fucking cool thing. So much better than his weird raven mm. thing in the first movie. Yeah. Oh, it's so badass. Um, and hopefully there comes a point where we get to see him versus Poe in a true dogfight between the two of them. I just want to, I want to watch Kylo fight all of our protagonists. Yes. Possibly at once. That'd be cool. Ooh, he could do that. He could. He is that type of dude. Um... He, and he does have a few cool... There's, there's better fights in this one. We didn't really get a lightsaber fight in the first one. Kylo vs. Ray wasn't that. Yeah. Okay, there's something I need to say that like that I noticed, and now people are starting to notice, but I have to wait for spoilers. Okay. About lightsabers. Uh, right, I've got a shotgun round, but I think I'll leave that for after spoilers just in case. Cool. Um, right, are you ready for spoilers now, Michael? I am. So, final verdict before the well, spoilers. Okay. I say final verdict. It's the most conflicted I've ever been about a film full stop coming mm. out of it, not yeah. just a Star Wars movie. I did enjoy large chunks of it. There are some really, like I said, what's here that is good is really fucking special, mm. especially one scene. Yeah, oh, I know I know which one oh, you mean. Oh, good fucking God. <laughs> um, but what's, it's not Phantom Menace. No. And I, I, I don't think it's clones either. No. But if anyone tries to look me in the face and tells me it's above any of the original trilogy, it's a big old fucking no. Yeah, I agree. I, I would go on the back and say, because I love Revenge of the Sith, this is not as good as Revenge of the Sith. Fair enough. I don't think this is as good as Force Awakens. Hell no. It's a diff- They've gone completely polar opposite with it in terms of their approach with JJ and, and, and Ryan. Ryan. Ryan, whatever his name is. Um, in the one, stuck too close to New Hope... And that was its problem. This one went too far away from The Empire Strikes Back. But in in doing that, in taking these risks, it seems like it's forgot a little bit of it, what Star Wars 
is, mm. and it's trying to change too much. Yeah. I don't think that's the way to do it. Because we didn't even mention humour in this movie. Oh, God. It's completely off base. Force, Force Awakens was the funniest Star Wars movie. Pretty much. But it never became, you know, it never became egregious. I was never like, oh, fuck, another joke. Okay, cool. Yeah, from the offset, though, it doesn't get humour right. There's a Yo Mama joke mm. in the first ten minutes. I'm like, hmm, that's not Star Wars. No. Really isn't. It would be fine if the jokes were landing. Yeah. I could I could understand them trying to go more Marvel and having more jokes per minute. But they don't land. Again, it's like they took a look at Guardians of Ragnarok working and tried to copy it in a way. No, Star Wars doesn't need to be funny. No. Right? Again, it to, can have funny moments. It can have funny moments. It's not a fucking comedy. No, it's not. Right? At its best, again, to go back to Empire, that's not a funny movie. Irving Kirshner tried to put more jokes in, but even Irving Kirshner said, I remember watching the documentary. He says, I needed to make it funnier, but I couldn't have gags because yeah. that wouldn't have worked. I mean, you laugh at laugh it up fuzzball, but it's not because it's not it's not an alien getting milked. I'm sorry, I have to ruin that one. Oh, oh God. Fuck me off so much. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. It just keeps coming back that we have to see the fucking uh. Grand Master of the Jedi race <laughs> milk a fucking seal. Oh, God. Whilst it looks at, like, Ray going... Want some toadies? Want some of these weird alien titties? Like, no! Big old fucking, like... Yeah. And I mean, like, little teats. I mean, like, swollen fucking boobs. And he's fucking... And he's like, Skywalker having a fucking go and then drinking the milk. That's canon now. That's like, canon. The thing that happened to Luke Skywalker, Grandmaster of the Jedi and the most powerful Force user of all time, fucking drinking some milk from a fucking seal. Yep. Was that necessary? I had to do that one. I'm sorry. That one was fucking me off since the second I saw See, it. This is what I'm saying. Uh. See, I was more about the porgs than this, Like that, but that's my level. So, inclusion... <laughs> It's 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 a lesser Star Wars movie. Yeah, definitely. But it's still a Star Wars movie. When you get it right, you get its head out, head over its ass, it's fucking good. I'm still tuning and throwing a bit of space on my top ten. It might not even make it if I go through enough revisions. Do go and see it, because you might be in the other 50% of people. I know people I talked to at work today that thought it was fucking fantastic and yeah. loved every minute of it. It might just be that, not that it's passed us by, but... It just wasn't meant for us this time round. Maybe, and I think that there's there's a certain subsection of the fandom who who can't accept that. And trust me, it's better to have a Star Wars that's beloved than a Star Wars that you like and no one else does. No, I, you're right. I think that's true because, as we pointed out in our uh, Star Wars videos, which are on YouTube, you can go and watch them on the same YouTube channel. We do want Star Wars to continue, and if this is what people like, yeah, then then I guess Star Wars is theirs, and that's. And that's fine because Star Wars belongs to everyone. However, I think that the... Again, I don't know whether this is going to make my top 10, which is heartbreaking. No. In terms of where it sits. At the moment, a second watch might make me a little bit hotter on it. Yes. But it sits above Sith for the pure fact that it's not a prequel. Apart from that, it sits below Force Awakens, it sits below Rogue One, and it sits below the original trilogy. Rogue One's better than this. Yeah, easily. Easily better. And everyone than this. shits on Rogue One. That's a cool thing to do now, apparently. What? Yeah. Oh, in fact, remember when it came thing... out? Everyone thought it was fucking great. Same thing happened with fucking Force Awakens. Mm. That came a year later. Oh, it's a bit shit though, weren't it? Weren't though, was it? And fucking Rogue One. No, not having that. That's fucking ten times the movie this is. Mm. I came out of that with almost zero fucking problems about that movie, and this one is just laden with it. And I think it pissed me off more because 
having defended Star Wars against all fucking comers for years. I mean, every working at a cinema, the argument often comes up as, well, they're not as good as X, Y, and Z movies. Particularly Lord of the Rings was a favourite. Every Star Wars movie that comes out is important because it then has to be added into that fucking conversation. Yeah. And if it's good, like Rogue One and Force Awakens were, not a problem to defend. It's just another string to my bow. This is a detractor from that argument. <laughs> yeah. Because they'll go, what about the Porgs? What about the fucking titty milk? What about the fucking stupid plot holes? What about the fucking casino planet? Yeah. Oh, it's just stressful, Michael. It it's is. Stressful. However, two things we have to remember. One, Empire Strikes Back was similarly a divisive movie when it first came out. If you can believe it, there were people who thought that Empire Strikes Back was trash. Mm, wrong people, very wrong but they people. did exist at the time. Okay. And good God, I would not like to have been around if Twitter was invented in the 70s. Oh my Christ, no. Fucking God. And the second thing is, we've survived bad Star Wars movies. We've survived worse Star Wars movies. We have. This one just hurts because it's in the hands of... I was about to say in the hands of a studio that have pretty much done no wrong with our uh, favourite franchises, but... Uh, so I'm worried because now that the Disney deal has gone down and now they are one of the biggest fucking studios out there, mm. it might be a little bit easy for them to get a little bit lax on the filmmaking yeah. and let things slip. For God's sake, don't let that first thing be episode nine. No, no, you... no, Michael. For our blessed saviour is returning for fucking episode nine. Colin tomorrow is off. Fuck off, shoe. The man of tomorrow. JJ's back. JJ's back. And JJ's back. Now, spoiler alert! Quick point on that. This is going to form now the crux of everything I'm going to say after this. Yeah. So an article this week that said, JJ has already pitched his plot and story ideas for episode nine to Disney. I would fucking hope so! <laughs> you mean to tell me we didn't put this shit out before we started? <laughs> you mean to tell me, you fucking geniuses, even George Lucas had the fucking foresight to sit there and plan out the major fucking plot points, right? <laughs> he knew where we were driving. That implies there was no plan. You just made <laughs> Force Awakens with no plan about what you're doing after. Afterwards, oh, God. which I think is why Ryan Johnson, right? <laughs> right. Here we fucking go. Looking forward to this. Fucking Mandem came on, right? <laughs> right. He came on to this fucking movie, and right, said, right. These are the plates. The fucking year, right there. Right. These are the plates he's got spinning, right? That everyone's <laughs> intrigued and interested about. Yeah. Who are Ray's parents? There's that one fucking going. Um, who is Snoke? Yep, there's another fucking one going, right? How is Finn, you know, going to play into this? Who's Poe Dameron? And all these fucking things. Luke, in general, fucking big old plate spinning, right? <laughs> and it seriously feels like, instead of coming in and making cuts and choices to benefit the trilogy as a whole... He came in to make his Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that can't happen. Disney of all fucking people should know this, right? They have not let a fucking single thing go in the MCU. Yes, directors can come in and give a little bit of their personality, like Taika Waititi did, like um, uh, somebody else that I can't think <laughs> of. Um, like our, the Russo brothers. Uh, James Gunn came James in Gunn. and did, did his own thing. But it serves the overall narrative. Nothing goes too off piece, and everything keeps chugging along like a fucking locomotive, right? He comes in, and two of those plates in particular, that being Ray's parents and fucking Snoke, are just completely chucked aside. Yeah. Fucking gone. Shoo. And he's come out, and people have come out to defend it. It's like, well, why have mysteries got to pay off? 
Why does Ray have to be a fucking Skywalker related to someone special? Why does Snoke need to be anybody? That's not a fucking defence. If you set mysteries up, you have to pay them off. The only reason, that is true. The only reason you can get away with that is if you never set the mysteries up in the first place and people have read too much into them. But JJ, it's one of his flaws. He's quite fond of the mystery box. He doesn't mm. always pay it off. And I know he did this shit with Lost where he put stuff in there without an answer. That's right? true. But those are two very big things. And you can't come out and say, well, you were never meant to be thinking about who Ray's parents were. Yes, we fucking were. The movie was structured to ask that fucking question. Same thing with Snoke. And this is the thing. People are coming out and defending, especially the Ray's parents thing. Especially that. Like, anyone could be a Jedi. Yeah, that's right. It's not like we had several fucking movies defending this already. That literally anybody can be a Jedi with enough training and dedication. Ray gets maybe a half hour's worth of training with Luke in this movie and then fucks off. Yep. On top of that, she does the whole thing with Kylo Ren, which we'll get into in a minute, and that resolves nothing. No. And then we essentially get a picture of the most powerful fucking Jedi alive mm. is now Ray. Yeah. Like fucking floating bunches of rocks with no training, going up against Kylo Ren with no fucking training to serve a point. That anyone can be a Jedi. Yes, they fucking can. But you need to fucking set up a reason why she is the most powerful fucking force user. Here's the thing, right? The reason why it matters is because her being the parent of no... You know, the child of no one is not interesting. That's true. At all. Or, at the very least, if she's a child of no one, do the Anakin route and make her a child of the Force. Yeah. That way, Star Wars, as George Lucas has said previously, rhymes... And we get the fucking cycle starting again, and it means something. Exactly, that's the thing. It's not interesting that a parent to no one. You've said that now, and as long as it doesn't turn out to be a lie or a fucking red herring... Oh, God, if it does. Oh, no. That's the end of it, right? So, that's not interesting. That's not worthy of um, further exploration. It's just, oh, they were fucking crack addicts. Oh, all right. Well, fucking moving on. Um, <laughs> so, right, we're going to cycle back through some points, Michael. Yeah. I've made extensive... <laughs> Extensive notes Whoa, on this holy fucking, fucking movie. Shit, that's a lot right. of notes. Okay, feel free to pitch in at any time. I will. But um, the floor is yours. Right, but Ray. Now I said earlier that she's the biggest problem, uh, the biggest victim, even of the kind of turning on a dime movie character motivation. I think I can fucking chime in on this one. Go ahead. So she, when she's training with Luke, which again I enjoyed the most out of all these movies, like kind of desperate strings of story. The Ray and Luke stuff was solid, and I enjoyed it for the most part. There's this established thing that her and Kylo are able to talk to each other through the Force. It kind of works like Harry and Voldemort, mm. and then it's not necessarily voluntary. That's true. Or at least it's revealed later that Snoke was kind of fucking pulling the strings. But, you know, they're, and they're talking to each other. And Ray, when it first happens, he's, he's, you know, understandably going, you're a fucking monster who killed thousands of people. You're an arsehole. Fuck off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Paraphrasing. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was the actual script? And I was It'd like, be better than the one we got. Yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And also, people were also complaining about the whole psychic connection thing. As a device, I quite liked it. Yeah. As a decision, I as thought... As a plot device, it worked. That's one of the unique things about this movie that works. Yeah. So, and she keeps saying, you're a snake. They mention snakes a lot. Hmm. Yeah. And God a few times. Yeah, which is... That's surely off for the Star Wars universe, right? Lazy writing. Mm. I don't like it. Handed say hell in Empire Strikes Back. I'll see you in hell, but... Hmm, that could be a planet. Um, 
So like one L, yeah, I or didn't, three, like a sheik. <laughs> I didn't like it, but it was it was working for me. Then there's that weird scene in the dark pit. Oh, though the click cave with the mirror thing. Yeah, the click cave <laughs> that can fuck off. You know what? Thinking about it, someone did bring this up. It, it it was fine because it represented her worst fear, I guess, of being alone. Luke went in there in the in the cave thing in return in uh, Empire Strikes Back. And saw Darth Vader and saw himself, and that was his greatest fear, seeing himself in, you know, turning over to the dark side, yeah, yeah, blah, blah. So it's reflective of that. I if, guess. if Luke had gone in there, he'd seen something completely different. That's fine. I kind of like that in retrospect. Okay, yeah. You it was might, a bit weird looking. You might be swaying me on that. I just saw it as Brian Johnson going, look, I'm an artistic director. Yeah. Because what purpose did that fucking serve other than to go... Let's let's rehash that bit from Empire. Yeah, I know. I I didn't mind it so much. I I thought it was okay. Also, Luke really gets over her going into that cave really fucking quickly. Considering he spent the last hour going, don't go in that fucking cave. Yeah, don't go in that fucking cave. And he's really. I went in the cave. Oh, never mind. Uh, and he's really worried about dark side users coming back to the point where he nearly murders Kylo. Yeah. I know he I know he backs out, and that's fine. That's what Luke would do. He would ultimately see the good. That's fine. Because, you know, as much as everyone's like, well, you never killed in the original trilogy. And he blew up millions of people on that Death Star. I get the feeling if he had the opportunity to kill Palpatine, he'd have fucking done it. Yes. And, you know, before he spared his father, he did chop off his hand brutally like a fucking butcher. That is so, true. I mean, hand that. for hand, you know. So that. But, um, where was I going with this? So, okay. <laughs> I think then... where was I going with this is pretty much the footnote <laughs> of this movie, isn't it? So you're a snake, you're an arsehole, you're you're you know a godless person, and then she starts to turn, hmm. almost without anything really being said to her from Kylo's point of view, other than him being a bit unsure about where he stands in the grand scheme of things. And a complete 180 happens, where she goes, "Oh, but teach me more. I want to spend more time with you, Luke, and fuck off. I just want to you know converse with you." And she hatches a plan to go to him, hmm. a la Luke and Vader in Return of the Jedi. But it almost feels like, so you've gone from thinking he's awful, which is right, he has killed millions, he blew up an entire fucking planet, or at least Five stood there. Yeah, stood there and watched it fucking happen, mm. right? But you think you can redeem him. I'm like, okay, that's a big old fucking jump, but let's ride this particular fucking yeah, you train. You saw him stab Finn, like, damn. Yeah, yeah, he would have fucking mercilessly killed Finn and her had he had the fucking opportunity, right? But you've seen some fucking force good in him. All right, fine, cool. They go to... Snoke's ship. Mm-hmm. Stuff that happens. <laughs> what, we're going to have to talk about Snoke at this point well, for me to get my point across. Are we diverting to Snoke? Just because I need to tell it linearly. Okay. Right. Is you ready for Snoke? What was the I was fucking... never ready for Snoke. Right, I wasn't I wasn't that keen on him in Force Awakens. I thought he looked a bit fucking but stupid. But at least they set up a mystery. At least Interesting. They... Yeah, a character. A character, Michael. Right? However... <laughs> I hope you didn't have any stock in Stoke. <laughs> hope you weren't looking forward to that, because after Andy Circus kind of turns it around, and I was like, I'm into this. Yeah, I was, like, weirdly f- afraid of Snoke. Yeah. Like, he, he does some shit in this movie we've never seen anybody do. He connects two Force users' minds. He throws... <laughs> he starts fucking with Ray to the point where, like, she tries to turn a lightsaber on. He pulls it out of hand, swings it round her head, and knocks her. Just clocks her cold in the back Catches of the... Catches it and starts fucking changling her in the midair. He can but fucking... He, just, he doesn't even move his hands. He's just looking at her. I'm like... 
this dude's the fucking business. He can throw hooks against the wall from, like, across the galaxy, right? <laughs> yeah. No fucking problem. He can fuck that nerd up, right? That is something I did like. You just how much of a bitch hooks is. <laughs> yeah. How much Kylo just fucking chucks him against the wall. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Um, oh. So, so uh, okay, Snoke's made some very bad fashion choices. He looks like Hugh Hefner after a very serious session of meth. Mm. Um, but I didn't realise Hugh Hefner was in this movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the best post-mortem oh. appearance ever. <laughs> Michael. Oh, sorry. Michael. Uh. Yeah, he... Andy Serkis was doing a really good job. Mm. I was interested, right? I didn't care for him in Force Awakens. It was too much like the Emperor. But there was something different here. You felt like this wasn't the Emperor. It's something different, yeah. right? And then, now Angry Joe did point this out to me. <laughs> it did make me laugh. So he goes, right, so this is, we're to believe, a force user on almost unprecedented planes. Up there, at the very least, with the Emperor, Anakin and Luke, right? Mm-hmm. Are just the fucking best, right? He can connect people's mind across galaxies. He can communicate across thousands upon thousands of light years ahead of people. He can talk to people. He can chuck people. people around on a different ship in a different quadrant. No fucking problem, right? Mm-hmm. It would have been cool to see him just fuck a spaceship and just go fucking crunch. There's you, done. That would right? have been cool. He can read everything. He's literally saying, I can read everything on Kylo Ren's mind. I know exactly what he's going to do with absolute fucking certainty. He can do all this. <laughs> and yet... <laughs> He can't hear a fucking metal lightsaber rattling around on a metal arm of a chair that he sat right next to. <laughs> that he's further, that, you know, he's two inches away from his ear, and then he can't even go. <laughs> the moment you begin to unpack how much of a fucking badass Snoke is, the more this decision feels like total fucking tribe. It's just Rian Johnson going, I'm not interested in the character of Snoke, so I'm going to cut him in half. Yeah, literally. I'm going to cleave oh. the bastard in two. And I, th- I thought, what I thought was going to happen the second the lightsaber turned on, I thought he was going to go, do you think that's going to stop me? And he'd just rip it out yep. and, and do something. But nah, he did. So it now serves no purpose. We had no backstory about him. And I don't mean we need to sit there and soliloquise fucking half an hour talking about him, right? And even that necessarily him dying in this movie isn't interesting because it sets up a new dynamic. We've never seen the apprentice take the master's place via killing them in anything other than the final movie right at the end. Pretty right? much. To set up Kylo as the new um, supreme leader of the First Order yeah, going into episode nine. We've never had an actual lightsaber wielding Sith sitting at the top. No, that's a fucking cool thing to go ahead with, right? But getting there at the complete and utter expense of Snoke, which now retroactively makes Force Awakens worse, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. All this fucking mystery shit that JJ set up doesn't fucking matter now. It was complete waste of fucking time. That's why I'm pissed off. Not because the mystery wasn't what I hoped, or it wasn't some grand fucking thing, or some callback to somebody... It wasn't that. It's just the mystery's defunct. Yeah, it was a waste of fucking time. Yeah. Much like a lot of this movie's plot, it was a waste of fucking time. <laughs> so, okay, we've explained Snoke, and it's really fucking bad. Um, oh, actually... <laughs> oh, God. You know what? No, I'm going to save my one improvement for this movie until the end. Oh, we're going to be ending on a positive. That's nice. Can we continue to be fucking hateful human beings now, Darren? <laughs> yes, we can. So, that's all happened, and then we get a cool lightsaber fight of... Admittedly, yeah. Rylo... Right, a taking on the em- the new emperor's um, uh, the imperial guards, the Praetorians, I think they're called the imperial guards. They yeah. just eh, fucking and they get battered, and it's cool because it's Kylo and Rey fighting together. These oh, but these guards, by the way, I think are, I think are supposed to be the Knights of Ren. No, but they didn't make a point of saying that they are. So therefore, mm, we can't. no, but 
if you look at the flashback from Force Awakens, something else that got chucked out the fucking window yeah. is they've all got unique weaponry. Guess where that makes a fucking appearance? Uh, Praetorian Guards. Right, that could have been explained a lot better, so it had carried some moments. Well, yeah, because but... Ryan Johnson took one look at it and went, don't like that. And I don't like that. Doesn't matter if you don't like it, Ryan. It was in the fucking script of the first one. We've got a fucking trilogy to tell. You can't just make your movie and balls it up for the fucking next one. So J.J.'s got to come and fucking put the pieces back together. Oh, anyway, so to do that, it's a cool scene. At this point, you're like, right, so Ray has kind of seen the light in Kylo and he's saying, right, yes, he's done a lot of bad things, but he just, it was fucking Kylo who chopped Snoke in half, so clearly he's on the good side. He's not attacking Rey, he's defending her. He's just killed the Emperor who was torturing her, so clearly there's light in him, fine. Her plan of redemption, which was her entire fucking reason for being on that ship, is what we're going ahead with. Cool, cool. And again, good scene. We've never seen a Sith and a Jedi fight side by side. No, good scene. Fucking cool. Right, they get out Luke's lightsaber. And... Kylo makes pertinent fucking points. He goes, right, it's all a big fucking cycle, right? We can continue going on with it, you know, for fucking decades. My life, your life, their fucking ancestors' lives. And all it will mean is just the same shit keeps happening. There's always a fucking empire. There's always a fucking resistance. You know, there's always good and light fighting each other. It's all the fucking same. The Sith, the Jedi, the Empire, the Rebellion, the First Order, the Resistance. It's all fucking pointless, worthless shit that we're doing to ourselves. Break the fucking... She, she, basically, he fucking blaze out Daenerys' plan from Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, I don't want to be a spoke on the wheel. I want to break the fucking wheel, right? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't fucking work. Then nothing's ever good in this galaxy. Fuck off, you dickhead. Nothing's good. <laughs> we are going to fucking break the wheel. Join me. We'll go and do some force shit, right? We'll just fucking end this now. Let it end now. Let the First Order destroy him. Let the Resistance destroy the First Empire. We will escape... We will build something better. I'm like, yeah. Finally, someone said it. Yes, <laughs> cool. Ray decides that's not for her, wordlessly, <laughs> and decides then to try and kill Kylo by forcing the lightsaber towards her so he can chop him enough. There was no reason for her to flip. Kylo was telling her exactly what she wanted in her plan. Yes, it would have meant okay, Finn and Powell might die. But Kylo just giving her what she wants, and mm-hmm. then she decides that that's not what she wants anymore, wordlessly, without motivation, and fucking flips on a dime. That was the point of no return for me in this movie, where I'd reach absolute maximum fucking anger. Because, all right, nothing, everything's pointless now. Yep. You're not writing this movie smartly enough so that we can understand character motivations. In a movie that already takes far too many risks, the one risk that would have paid off, they didn't fucking take. Yeah. That yeah. was the issue. If, you, if your characters are worthless, then it doesn't matter how much fucking spectacle you have. If they're badly written and inconsistent, no one will give a shit. Look at DC, for example. Dun, They've dun, got dun, good dun, fucking characters nah. in there. Not right now, they're badly written. But <laughs> that's the thing. They had, they've got good characters from the comics that could be amazing. And there's a lot of good spectacle in those movies. But because you don't give a shit about fucking Flash and Aquaman and Cyborg, you don't give a shit about the movie and no one wants to go watch it again. Yep. Don't do that to fucking Star Wars. Right? It looks like it's going down that way. I know. I mean, fucking Chewie and R2 do fuck all. Oh, R2 has the one scene. Oh, okay, okay, we'll get to that. The one scene. Literally, the one I know, I know, I know. With R2. I know, but give me a second. So that really pissed me off. Then she goes away to go on the Millennium Falcon and and save some people, Deus Ex Machina style. Fine. Um, Which again, like, that's a fun flight scene with the Falcon. Yeah. But it ends... Are we getting to the where the ending point with with Kylo and, and Ray? Yes. Okay. So we get to the point where 
shit goes down, which we'll talk about in a minute. And Ray is now pretty much the focal point of the story. Yeah. Here's where I have the fucking issue with it. You fucked off the idea of her her lineage meaning anything. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a wasted opportunity, but let's run with it. You've now got the 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 Skywalker of the story is now Kylo Ren. Yeah. That's fine. I actually quite like the idea of an evil Skywalker. Yeah. I mean, he's a solo, but he's still by blood a Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of that we've had the what the good turning evil, and then the holy good, and now the evil maybe coming round in the next movie. We don't know, but yeah. it's, it's at least a fun place to have it. But what you've done is you've essentially taken the character that makes all the fucking sense and the one that you're actually rooting with and the one you're going on the journey with, the villain. Yeah. And the one that you're seething with. And just going, what the fuck's going on? Who are you still? Why are you important? Yep. As the I'm not rooting for Ray anymore. The, the only reason I'm rooting for Ray is because of things we'll get to in a minute. Because who else is there to root for? Yeah. But, yeah. And it's just, she's important. Why? Exactly. There is, apart from some bullshit throwaway line where it says, the force will always create... You know, a balance within itself. Yeah. So essentially, she just got fucking randomly selected. She won the false lottery and is just amazing at everything for no good reason. Yeah. That's the bullshit we come round to because, fucking, of all people, our, our Lord and Saviour Max Landis, praise be, was, was very critical of Ray, saying that she was a Mary Sue. And I was like, I don't agree. I don't think she's a Mary no. Sue. I think they've set her up really well. They've given her some mystery and some character. And she has really good interactions. And she just happens to be an extremely powerful force user. Yes. What the fuck has changed? Now she is a Mary Sue. She turns up at the end after half an hour's worth of training. And an hour in the clicky cave. And a mate, and just suddenly she's the best thing since fucking sliced bread. Yeah, no. And I don't fucking understand how... Anyone, anyone, regardless of whether you love the movie, hate the movie, are indifferent, can can go, I feel like we've gone on a journey with Ray. Definitely feels like a changed character. No. no, it fucking doesn't. No. At all. I'm sorry, I fucking hate how they ended. No, he, well, no you, you're completely right, because here's the thing about Luke Skywalker that no one really talks about. He was actually quite shit for two movies. Yeah. He wasn't a good Jedi. That's why he fucking lost. He wasn't, we weren't rooting for him because, you know, he fucking blew Darth Vader away, no fucking problem. He wasn't a Jedi in the first one, he was a pilot. Exactly, and that yeah. was fine. Right, that's what I'm saying. He went on a journey because he was shit, and then he comes back in Return of the Jedi, having gone back to Yoda and done some fucking training, and he comes back as a badass, right? And you're like, fuck yes, we're all on board with this shit now. She hasn't done that. Nothing's come... She's the Roman Reigns of fucking Star Wars. She's not earned anything. It's just it's just the writers have given her all these things that she can do, and they're not making it... You're right, if they'd gone with the Immaculate Conception thing with Anakin, you could say, right, she's just... She's just Anakin, but she's a woman, and she's good. And that's fine. Uh, admittedly, it's not a great excuse, but I would have taken it. Yeah. I'd have gone, this makes sense within the context of the law. She's law. just a fucking prodigy. But now we're just told that she's just some fucking crackhead baby, right? Um, prom night dumpster baby. Um, <laughs> well, that's Ray now. That's uh-huh. Ray's theme. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's it's unearned. It's just you don't. You don't care because again, you've given her the force. You've given her the. You've given her Luke saber. You've given her the key to the fucking yeah, Falcon. Yeah, she's fucking Superman. She's ru- she, yeah, she's Superman. She's run off with everything, and she's no longer interesting to me. No, Finn 
for the sh- all the shit he went through in this movie. Good which, fucking god, he went through some I'm, shit. I'm, but I'm still on board with Finn. Yep. Poe has a fantastic arc in this movie. The mutiny bit, which we'll get to, is fantastic. Oh, what the fuck has Ray done? I to know. Earn this? I know. Right, it's Poe time. This fucking plot. This is the one that crumbles. More and more, as more you think about it. Yeah, right? the more the movie goes on, you're like, oh, so, God, no. <laughs> they have the escape scene. It's Hoff. It's fine. But it's all space-based, right? There's nothing on the planet because their Hoff tribute comes at the end. Yeah. So we're getting off the planet. Because it's not Empire, guys. No. We're getting off the planet and we escape and that's cool, right? Poe takes end of Star Destroyer basically by him fucking self. Fucking ass. That was rad. Escape into hyperspace. Oh, fuck. The Empire can now track us through hyperspace. Oh, shit. We convert all... Power to the fucking rear shields, and we're just gonna slowly fucking get away from them. Mad right? Max, but this time it's on antidepressants. Right, right. So the the imperial, the fucking first order, basically just snail trail after them and go. Right, we're gonna play the long ball game. We're gonna be Tony Pulis here. We're just gonna wait <laughs> for them. I know. We're just gonna wait for them to fucking run out of fuel, pick them off, and eventually we will win. Right. Now, fucking Laura Dern is like, no, don't worry, I got a plan. <laughs> okay. Could we learn what that plan is? No. <laughs> we don't need to know what the plan is. There's a plan, though. No, no plan. No, no, no plan. No plan here. Oh. <laughs> and this keeps going on. So Poe is like, understandably like, well, there must be a plan, right? Someone has a plan. No. So he's like, right, well, we have to do something. Because he's a bit hot-headed and more pragmatic than, than everyone else. He's like, right, we can't just afford to sit here and be picked off one by one. The medical frigate gets taken out fucking one by one. He's like, right, we need to go and do shit. For some reason, it doesn't occur to the First Order to just send any number of their other Star Destroyers they must have off for a bit, <laughs> come fucking round the corner, right? <laughs> and then just pincer movement, right? They come from the front, oh fuck, big old laser fucking resistance is gone. Job right? done. Instead, they take 18 hours and just go, nah, we'll get them. <laughs> any minute now. While Aid Edmondson, of all people, fucking yeah. Eddie from Bottom, yeah, I know. Is, is calling the shots with Hooks. I'm like, I like this. I don't know why, but I like this. Of all the other things going on, at least Aid Edmondson's getting work. I know, I know. So it, it's really quite stupid, this plan. But I'm like, okay, as a concept, it's fine. It buys time for them to go and do the Finn thing and, and give Ray some time. Um... But they, so Poe is going fucking mental. Like there must be a plan. Fine, I'm gonna make a plan. He's like, right, they're sabotaging us. I don't know. They never go as far as to say like Laura Dern's fucking first order spy. But you're clearly not Which working. Would have been cool. Would have been cool. So like, right, no, you're not working at the best interests of their fucking crew. Mutiny, off your pop. I'm fucking throwing you out here. I'm in control. Which now, again right? was a great bit. Yeah, a great bit. And I was like, this story's fucking going somewhere. But that's the thing. The the thing that the twist kind of retroactively ruins it all. Because yeah. then at this point, Holder goes, right, okay, I was we've we've held this information. For some reason, <laughs> never explained why it was needed to be, nope. you know, withheld. Like, right, we're, fueling, we're fueling up these smaller transports. They won't be paying attention to these. They can't track them. We're going to get near a, uh, a an old abandoned rebel base on Crate, and we're going to fucking send them down. I was like, all right, that's a good plan. That could have been explained, you know, with this 18-hour chase. <laughs> Two hours fucking ago. Fucking 17 hours ago. <laughs> not with an hour to go and involved Leia waking up, shooting Poe with a stun gun and then explaining to everybody else. If they played up, we don't know if there's First Order spies here. Hmm. That's why we couldn't tell anybody. Fine, but they don't go down that route. It's not even mentioned. It just seems like she's just hold, withholding information for no fucking reason. Again, because reasons of plot. It's we, not. It's yeah. not for reasons of... Of, of plot in the sense of the progression of the story 
it's holding with information with information from the audience, not from Poe. Yeah, that's the fucking crime of this one. Yeah, it's 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 set to to try and fool us rather than fool Poe. Yeah. Because if it was set to fool Poe, this is something we'd have, we would have known 10 minutes in. Yeah. And it would have been then been a mental anguish story and that would have been pretty neat. Yeah. But no, it's only in there for us to go, ha got you, pulled the rug. Yeah. Like, see, it's not even that good a fucking twist. It's not even a twist. No, no. It's you just s- fucking bullshit. You're right. You solve that problem by having a fucking quick scene between Holdo and whoever the fuck else is in second in command explaining the plan saying look right we need to keep something down low we don't know who's been compromised you know we say they followed us through light speed but someone could have just been sending a signal to them so me and you keep this secret that's what I was thinking the whole movie I thought oh so Holdo was just turned up and suddenly now we can be tracked hmm 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 there's a fucking story right oh my god I completely forgot something from the opening oh Fucking right, so a big old bomb goes off, Kylo Ren's flying in towards his ship, senses that his mom's on there, doesn't pull the trigger, but the twat next to him goes, fucking hey! <laughs> right? Big old hole, right? Everyone gets sucked out into the vacuum of space, it's a pretty full cool shot. Admiral Akbar dies with no fucking fanfare. <laughs> yeah, Akbar's gone. There goes fan favourite Akbar. Yeah. Literally, it's a trap. Okay. He did die in a trap, so it's the way he wanted to go. Yeah. Um, so Leia is out there, and I thought, right, okay. Because it looked like the shot was her bending down and then they've kind of CGI'd her out. I was like, right, this is probably how they're going to write her out. And there's that really fucking cool shot of just Leia in space yeah. with the fucking battle going on in front of her, her ship fucked, the fucking dreadnought coming from all floating. I was like, right, that's the way they're going to end this. And I'm like, okay. That's the way that General fu- Leia goes out yeah. if she had to. And then, oh god, oh my god, boot up shooting stars. I know, I know. <laughs> so, we've always known that Leia's kind of force sensitive, if not necessarily a force user. But it turns out, no, she is actually a force user. She just chooses the most inconvenient time to reveal this to everybody <laughs> when she fucking flies like Superman through <laughs> fucking space. <laughs> And it somehow doesn't die, even though it's clear that the ice is forming on her. Yeah, she's gone. She, yeah, she's fucked. But somehow she's conscious enough to just pull herself through the fucking thing. And she's fine, and she's okay. She's just a bit tired. She just needs to lie down for the whole movie. Oh, God. And again, it's unfortunate, this plot point, because had Carrie Fisher been alive to take that into episode nine, it could have been something interesting. And I'm not saying they could have made, you know, a, a quick decision to then say, right, it wasn't planned. But we have got a convenient little thing here where we can write her out mm. in a somewhat meaningful way. Because, I mean, she's on a she's on a bed for most of the movie. Yeah. You know, There's really only one scene you need her for, which we'll come to when we talk about Luke. Yeah. That's yeah, like the only reason it felt like to keep her alive. Yes. But you could have not had that scene. You could have just had that play out with somebody else. It's not... Yeah, I it's, guess. It's, it's a thematic moment, not a plot moment. True. So, yeah, that was fucking weird. Um... So we get to crate. All right, we we I think we're back on the. As point I say, we, we fucked off the two subplots. We don't give a fuck about it now. Yeah. So so yeah. So that was it, right? So Finn and Finn and uh, Rose went down to the casino planet because they need to go and get a hacker um, who betrays which, them. Which, who betrays them and sells them out to the uh, to the first order, which is where we get our phasma cameo. Cause that's all it fuck it is. <laughs> And that's it. She's uh, she's been bobered. Yep, she's going to a big fiery pit. I know you wanted to make her the new boba, but it doesn't mean you need to repeat the mistakes of boba. <laughs> I also like how they uh, they they planted a little seed to bring her back in case the fan backlash is big. Hint, it is. 
of uh, having Finn try and shoot her and then the blast just wogs straight yeah. off her head. Like, hmm, not sure that's how chrome armor works, but fair enough. Fucking uh. play your game. And then then she's presumably dead. Oh, God. Another, another on the point? fucking kill list for this movie. Brienne of Tarth deserves better. She does. She really does. That was that was annoying. So, yeah, their entire plot, all that time we waste on the casino planet came to utter naught. Where BB-8 is the hero of the Resistance, as yes, it turns he is. out. Who not only gets to do the best impression of a mouse droid ever. Oh, yeah, that was That was funny. adorable. Um, but also, pilots a fucking at like an STST. Yeah. Like a badass. Yeah, he does. There's a lot of just... BB-8 just solving everybody's problems in this yeah. movie. Oh, the X-Wing doesn't work. Let me just jam my fucking head into it. I mean, I can't That'll really complain because that's all R2 ever did. Yes. Um, but that's fine. That's so, the thing. He feels like a worthy successor of the, the character of R2 since he's now relegated to cameos. I, I Hold up. Hold up. Because I need to talk about those scenes. Um, see, we get to Crate. And we didn't see any Crate dragons, which is really annoying. Hmm. Which is like, you know, we've had them for like a long old time in fucking Star Wars. You yeah. could have finally shown one, but that's fine. Um, and it's it's just Hoth. It's at at there's it's a trench. Salty Hoth. Yeah, little shitty fucking flyy things. Also, re- fucking Darwin Award to the guy on the planet who just grabs the fucking salt off the ground and just starts licking it up. Oh. I'm like, yeah, mate, you've seen Alien, haven't you? you yeah, bro, that shit don't end well. Yeah, I know. It was a cool concept. I like Crate other than the, the Lowland Vulpixes. It was going it yeah. was going fine. It was a it was it was a cool new planet we haven't been to yet. <laughs> the Alolan Vulpixes. There were Alolan we'll Vulpixes. Fucking get to them. And and the Atats arrive with a big fucking gun. Kylo has now seen that Ray, you know, rejected the plan, has now gone off fucking peace and he's like, right, full on angry teenager, just fucking kill them all. Um, <laughs> yeah. And right, we're gonna have to return to Luke for a second. Just so we can keep everything on the path. Yeah. So Ray abandons the training and fucks off to go and save a friend, like Luke did in Empire Strikes Back. And we get two scenes. Right, Luke at this point is like, right, fuck the Jedi. It's only ever brought us pain. You know, Ray fucking threatens him to tell her the truth about what happened on the night that it all went fucking wrong. He tells his version of the story. Kylo tells his. We then get the full version of it, which was, you know, Luke saw the Snoke's influence growing. Never explained. Yep. That, that, that storyline's fucking gone now. Gone. And he was worried. He has a momentary lapse where he's like, strike down his own nephew, turns the lightsaber off, but obviously Kylo doesn't see that, thinks he's under attack, and fucking off we go, right? Fine, cool. So that's what kind of set him on this jaded path, and why he's like, right, the Jedi needs to end. He's making good points, hmm. right? You believe him. You're like, okay, he's 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 angry, and he's making a point that the Jedi have never caused really anything that Because good. really, when you think about it, when Luke says the Jedi were shit... He's kind of got a point. Yeah. You watch the prequels, and it's a load of people in billowy clothes making very bad decisions. They allowed the Sith to grow under their noses. Yeah. You know, and take over the galaxy and plunge it into fucking darkness, right? So how good could they have been? So he goes to destroy the, like, the tree that apparently has had some... It was in like, the Clone Wars um, and Star Wars Rebels as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, like like the, known... to do with the Journal of the Wills and all that, yeah. which is the Jedi sacred text, which they never yeah. say by name. I know, okay. I know. Chirrut Inway's stick... He's made of this tree, mm. etc. Et so he's going there to burn the first Jedi texts, and it's a fucking beautiful shot. So you see him walking, he's, he's walking to this tree with a fucking firelight thing, and then you see a blue light start coming in from the left, <laughs> and you see a green ear, and I went, oh! <laughs> and it's fucking, it's not just Yoda. It's fucking puppet Yoda. It's, it's Frank Oz Yoda. Oh, it's Frank Oz proper Yoda, and oh my God, I needed this scene. Yeah. 
I need because this was this is the highlight of the movie for me was this glorious fucking scene between and I thought it would just be you just see Yoda's head looking at him mm. like judging him but no we get a full on scene between Master Luke and Master Yoda oh my god it it's was good so for good the, it was good for the soul and Yoda just says to him like right I know you're angry and you're right you've always had a problem with looking too far ahead and too far back you're never in the here and now echoing what he said in Empire mm. good writing here oh my god and was like, right, you need to stop being concerned about what the Jedi stood for. The Jedi fell. You are the last Jedi. You need to start thinking about what the Jedi needs to become to survive and to bring good and balance to the Force. And I was like, oh, fucking yes, Yoda. <laughs> Fuck, I miss you. And I did get a little bit of emotion seeing, it was, seeing Yoda It was back. a beautiful thing to watch. To see Yoda as we remember him from his final scenes in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And old dishevelled Luke. I'm like, this is a beautiful image. And he burns the tree down and says, right, we're starting again. I might be the last Jedi, but that it's it's going a different direction. You see Luke and, and Yoda sat next to each other with this fucking tree burning. Yeah. However, oh. however, mm. I don't know whether you caught it. Go on. It's very blinking, you'll miss it. That bit might have been undercut quite a lot. What do you mean? Ray fucked off with the Jedi text. Oh, yeah. That. So the symbolism of the burning tree and the death of the old Jedi way is very much undercut by yeah. a blinking your missage shot in the finale. Yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, what's his face opens up thinking the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, just looking thing. for med stuff and then it's like, oh look, all the books are here. Right, doesn't matter. That scene was fucking beautiful. As all, I can't remember if it happened before or after this, but there's also the bit where Luke and uh, he's sat there kind of fucking being Luke and just... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Brooding. Yeah. Um, and R2 turns on. Yeah. And I've been waiting for my boy to turn up. And he, he rattles over to, to Luke. And Luke's talking to him. He said, look, there's nothing you can do that's going to convince me otherwise. I'm not coming back. You know what I mean? There's there's no hope. I, can't, I, I came here to die. And there is nothing you can do that will change my mind. And R2, like the fucking little dickhead that he is, <laughs> just fucking turns his head and turns a layer video on from yeah. a new hope. Oh, that's beautiful. And just generally, like, Luke and R2 talking to each other again, I'm like, oh, this is actually heart-wrenching. Considering that when Chewie so up, Chewie gets a bum fucking deal in his movies. God, I know. He kicks Luke's door in, and Luke, instead of going, Chewie, I can't believe you, he's like, fuck off, Chewie! Oh, this fucking monkey, no. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here, you fucking walking carpet. I know. A minor thing, though, but I I did really love that scene. I must admit, I thought... For a split second, we're going to get a really fucking cool scene because they make a very big point of saying the X-Wing is here. Yeah. It's under the fucking water. I thought... We could do a thing where Luke finally pulls an X-Wing out of some fucking water. But but like a lot of things in this movie, these things do not get realised. No. To see him flying like the fucking Falcons at the end of, of, of New Hope yeah. when it's all going to shit on fucking Crate and then we see Luke's... X-Wing. That would have been a good enough reason to not really have, to have the new style of X-Wing and have that very prominent in fucking Force Awakens. Mm. And then you can see unmistakably Luke Skywalker's fucking thing. It would have been weird like old Luke in a helmet flying the Falcon, flying his little X-Wing. It still would have been badass though. But it could have just been R2 there and Luke, because we now find out that Luke can project himself using the Force across the galaxy. Which is, this is not the first time that this has happened by the way. Mm. I do want to point that out. Um, projecting an image of yourself across the galaxy is is not new. Oh, um, this happens in Star Wars Rebels. Yoda oh. does it of all people. Because he's Yoda, though, isn't he? Fucking Yoda. So yeah, so Luke 
Right, we're near the end now, I promise people. Oh, so We needed this, I'm sorry, we needed this. There will be a shotgun round, but... <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're going to do the Luke thing now, because it's the biggest one. So, it's going to fuck on Crete. On Crete. They're all stuck in this it's fucking going to cave. fucking Crete. Crete. Most <laughs> things go to fucking Crete. So, they try and attack it with these little shitty fucking skiff things, and it doesn't go well, but... but Against um, the new Atats. The fucking Quasimodo. The, <laughs> the Quasimodo Atats. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... <laughs> they're they're flying towards it, and Finn's like, right, I'm going to make the big self sacrifice here. I need to. Oh god, this fucking. Okay, yeah. And then it looks like he's fucked. It's like Independence Day. I thought he's going to fucking whip his arms and go, "Hello, boys, <laughs> I'm back." Could you imagine? <laughs> I'd have fucking. Lost That'd my have been shit. A, as much as I want more Finn. That'd have been the perfect ending to Finn's but, uh, arc. But then all of a sudden, out comes Rose from sideways, fucking knocks him out of the way, saves him. Seemingly, like, he's dying. Fucking Finn tears over there and he's like, Oh, the, you have to The do... fuck you're doing? I know. <laughs> you have to protect the things you love. Mwah Thank for you. you for the most forced romance. And, like, even Finn's looking at it like, The fuck? Oh, no. It's so awkward and it's so forced. And you fell in love with him over the course of, what, 12 hours? I think we told it is. Something like that. It's less than 24, I'll put it that way. And yet you're totally in love and willing to self-sacrifice. Apparently. That's bad storytelling. And it just it confuses the narrative. Not only if we go with the traditional way of it being Finn and Ray, which I think people like Finn is clearly like the first thing he asks when he wakes up from his coma at the start is where Where's the fuck Ray? is Ray? Yeah. He sees Ray and gives her a big old fucking hug. Also throws a span in the worst of my preferred version of this where it's Poe and Finn that which would cool. have been the fucking deal. He said, No, it's this new person. Mm-hmm. Eh. But you know, eh. if we can redeem it with Finn Harry and Ray. Harry and Ginny, he's just oh why? Um, <laughs> it is Harry and Ginny geez, actually it geez. is so they're all fucked in on, on crate they can't get out of this fucking thing the Atat's got the big gun the big gun's firing up and it's starting to power through the door can we have one movie that's not got fucking Death Star tech by the way yeah it's, like, it's a battering ram it's also from the Death Star oh no oh. Like, could it not just be a big fucking battering Panic. ram <laughs> a big laser battering ram like there's a bow legged Atat between its legs <laughs> and it just can- <laughs> It's like scurrying towards oh, yeah, the fucking... They just have an attack with the legs and just have the knees go forward. Bong! <laughs> Bong! It's, it's an attack headbutting the fucking base. Give me I that, I always wondered why they had those legs. <laughs> the new model comes with a hunchback for better reach. Like, the fuck is this? See, you want to do comedy styles, that's how you do it. Um, so, oh fuck, and then obviously Luke turns up. No, he didn't come flying his X-Wing, but he does turn up and he looks like a badass. Mm. And he talks to Leia and it's a nice scene of them talking about Han. He gives her the fucking... Well, he does actually give her the dice, but he looks like he's giving her the dice from the uh, from the Falcon. A very deep cut, I must say. Mm. I mean, I knew they were there, but only fucking, you know, scarcely. Yeah, I, mean, I, was, I was looking at him going, the fuck are these? And then it, it, it clicked towards him and was like, oh, wait, no, they're hanging on the thing. Yeah, the yeah. I was like, wow, that's... Like, of all the movies that try so hard to not be Star Wars, that's the most Star Wars that's thing they could find. That's a very deep cut, isn't it? Mm. So, I think, mm. I think they're only showing those dice because guess what's going to be in the next movie? Well, we've got the Solo movie, so oh, yeah. those oh, might be the dice oh, he wins the Falcon with. Yeah. Oh, I need to talk about Lando in a second. So, Luke's there and he talks to Lane. It's a very nice fucking scene. And then he just, right, the door finally gets blown open. <laughs> and Luke fucking walks through there. This is all positive, by the way, people. Yeah, this, this is the glowing part of the movie. This is, I was mesmerised at this part. And he fucking walks out and just looks at the at-ats. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be fucking good. 
And then Carlotta's like, oh, fuck that guy. Fire everything. So the attacks are just pounding the shit out of Luke. The funny thing is because initially it's just one shot and then it, and then it's all like, but just the one shot, because the, the, the soil on Cray is red, Yeah, it's one shot and then just a big red splat. I'm like, oh... Oh, oh, is that oh, it? Jesus. <laughs> I didn't put up that much So they're just fucking... <laughs> painting the shit out of him. And then it all stops and the ceasefire, then the smoke clears and Luke still fucking oh. stood there. I could have done without the brushing the dust off his shoulders. I think it fit. I think and it fit. I didn't, I didn't particularly care for that. Either bit. way, still badass. Yeah, I know. I was like, like, oh, fuck, yes. Now, I would have made a slight change here. If he'd just then and gone... Because they're hovering in, in the fucking Raven ship, right? Mm. If Luke had then just gone, I know it's not, he's not actually there, but he'd use his force powers to just fucking crash the attacks into each other. Oh, and Dropped him like a sack of shit. So Kylo's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Kylo versus Luke. That fucking happens. 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 Quotation marks. And it's it's kind of cool. It's not. A, it's Darth and Obi Wan basically. Yeah. Um. On the on the death down star. Down not... If you strike me down, I will become more powerful than you ever imagine. And then he fucking slices through him, and you expect him just to see like the cloak fall, but no, Luke still stood there. It's like the fuck. <laughs> now, obviously, we should have clocked on because he's using the blue lightsaber, which had just been blown. And up. he's had his hair cut. Yeah, and he's had his hair cut, looking less dishevelled. I doubt yeah. he had time to fucking you know. And I shave. noticed it. I don't know whether you did. Um, Kylo, when he's dragging his feet around, is leaving tracks in the salt, and Luke is not. Right, I didn't notice that. I clocked it. I was that's like, quite nice. I was like, that's a bad editing mix. And like, oh no, it's the plot. Yeah. Oh no, the plot's back. <laughs> so, now, meanwhile, fucking, um, Rey has turned up in the Millennium Falcon and dragged all the TIE fighters with her. Deus Ex Ray. Yes, they fly into this, the kind the of crystal... <laughs> they fly into the kind of belly of crate, which is straight out of Return of the Jedi. Yep. Of like them going into the second Death Star with all the like weird fucking scaffolding everywhere. The which, worst eh. level in the PS1 game. Oh right, it was a bastard on fucking Rogue Leader as well. Hated it. Um, so pop out, cool. They land exactly where the back exit to this cave is, where the Alolan Vault pictures are coming out. Yeah, happenstance. Funny that, isn't it? Now, there was a nice little callback where, because Luke says, right, it's not just standing on your hands and moving rocks, the force, it's something different. When they're doing that force training thing with a sack cross leg, which I really did like, it yeah. was a nice scene. And it was quite funny that she went, it's not just moving rocks, is it? and she has to move some rocks. Yep. But yeah, she just happens to be able to go and get him at the back exit, get everyone on the fucking Falcon, get him out there. After the entire plan to go to Crate was get there, send out a distress signal from Leia, and every fucker's going to turn up. And he said, no fucker turns up. It's not really explained why they don't. Mm. Is the is the first order that fucking powerful? They've just lost Starkiller base. You think they'd be on the back foot, or, or for whatever reason? I thought this was where Lando was going to show up. Mm. Lando of all people wouldn't abandon Leia, and he would turn up with a big fucking fleet of ships to take him to safety. That would have been a cool little cameo for him. He doesn't need to be a big character in Episode Nine, but that would have been nice to see Lando back. Is the thing that could have worked because you could have had the um, the Republican cruiser. Uh, like the Corellian ship or something like yeah. that. Lando turn up in one of them. Yeah. And Ray recognise the ship from Force Awakens and go, that's the ship my parents abandoned me on. Yeah. And then if you weren't f- literally fucking with all the subplots that JJ set up, that is the perfect conflicted final act. Yes. But yeah. nah. No, no. Doesn't do that. So Luke basically allows him to escape and then just goes, see you around, kid. Uh, he becomes available. He's, he's a he's a um, force user. Goes and we go back to Act Two, Act Two, where uh, we just see Luke just fucking hovering there, which is a cool fucking sign. Act Two, Act Furious. No, no, no. no carry on. 
he like collapses and he's like fucked and, and we do get a very nice sign off of him looking seeing the twin sons of yeah. Tatooine before he becomes a cloak in the wind everything Mark Hamill fucking perfect up until and including that I fucking adored it I, I, I mean I did because me and Luke were laughing at um, uh, a, a thing not Luke Skywalker our friend Luke uh, we're laughing at a meme that said, instead of Star Wars The Last Jedi, it says, Star Wars, I better not have to watch Luke Skywalker die with my own two fucking eyes. <laughs> so we were like, we had to watch it. I I thought it was fitting. I thought it Definitely. was good. And he gets to deliver The Last Jedi line that, you know, I... The, ha! He said it! I know, exactly that. But he's like, oh, I will not be The Last Jedi in Spinny fucking Ray. Um, right. And, and, yeah, it's a very nice... Sign off for me. It's I, a poetic I, end, and a lot of people think it's the death of Luke Skywalker. I see it more as an Obi Wan thing. I'll see you around, kid. Yeah. Means if he ain't back as the Force goes in the next one, I'll eat my hat. Yep. Um, now, so that's. I think that's everything. Can I just go through the shotgun real quick? Yeah, and then can we talk about the ending and then wrap up? Oh, hang on. Is there anything in here that I haven't mentioned already? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, there is one shot we didn't talk about. Yeah. Um, which was uh, the light speed kamikaze from Laura oh, Dern. Oh, fuck, yeah. Fuck, that was awesome. That was a pretty fucking cool moment. Why hadn't occurred to her to do this prior to this point? Yeah. Don't know. But yeah, fucking Laura Dern just wheels the big ship around <laughs> when it's like, oh, fuck, this is all going wrong. They found the transports. We're trying to get to Kraton. Fuck. And then just puts it into hyperdrive, points it at the fucking Star Destroyer, and fucking badoof, And you get a beautiful <laughs> shot, like a fucking still, of her just crashing through the side of the like Star Destroyer. black and white yeah. shot is so cool. You, you see the shockwave hit the smaller Star Destroyers and the other ships around it. It's so fucking cool. Uh, so yeah, bye Laura Dern. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for turning up and ruining that plot thread. Now you're dead. Yeah. Okay, before I get to my one little improvement I would have made... Um, I just have to talk about the final shot of the film. <sighs> this felt so unearned and Fucking so So we see this, the, the three stable people, stable kids they meet the, on... The slaves on um, Canto Bite. Yes, the, in the casino place to look after the Which horses. Which is cool, because initially they're doing the whole like recreation of Luke Skywalker's last stand. So essentially by him coming back, coming back in big air quotes. Yeah. He's made. He's turned himself into the legend he thought he wasn't. Yes, which is beautiful poetry. I thought this is the, you. The final shot of this movie should be the shitty doll of Luke Skywalker and the Force theme playing. Yes, leave it at that. He becomes an. He becomes a legend, like Logan. Yeah, at the end of Logan, he becomes more than he ever was when he was alive. Exactly, a symbol to fucking you know rally around. Cool, but no. Instead, a weird alien bloke comes in and starts chuntering at him, and the one kid goes outside. He was telling the story. And now I missed this, but apparently he I, seemingly I uses the force to grab the broom. It's a very light force pull, and he does it. And I looked, and I was like, "Oh fuck off!" And and he's sweeping up, and then he kind of looks. He, he walks past a door, big old fucking shot of the sky and the stars, and he holds the broom like a lightsaber. But it's meant to be all like invigorating and full of hope and stuff, but it doesn't work. It's it's the that shot is the final nail in the coffin because it's. When people say that directors leave a mark on their movie, like Taika Waititi left a mark on Thor Ragnarok by yeah. his style of humour, James Gunn leaves a a mark on Guardians because it's definitely his style of story structure and, and storytelling and yeah. and characters to evolve. This is Ryan Johnson's biggest mark on the movie by going, these will be important in the other movies I'm making. But this is the thing, right? In the context of this trilogy, 
that we're in right now. Because it's the middle movie, and because he's five years old, there's no way it can have an impact on episode nine. Yep. If this was the closing shot of episode nine, I think I'd be more okay with it. Yeah, but it's not that. No. It's trying to be its oh it's trying to be it's trying to be a remake of Empire. Yeah. It's trying to be the ultra subversive how we got you fanboys movie. Yeah. It's trying to be a Ryan Johnson movie. Yeah. And it is trying to be the Disney machine. Yeah. None of these things fucking work together. They don't mesh well, no. And I think Again, the kind of risk-for-the-sake-of-risk approach works if the risk payoff. And none of them but do. if we need to be believed that no one sat down and mapped out this, the broad stroke, it's okay to have small things. And yes, Carrie Fisher dying has probably thrown off a lot of plans. But to not sit there and say, right, this is Ray, there's the journey. This is Finn, there's the journey. This is Snoke, here's the journey. That's insulting mm. to me. Because again, even George had the fucking sense to at least know where they were driving towards, Right. That's worrying. And you're right, it doesn't mesh well at all. And this is why it doesn't feel like a Star Wars. It's the least Star Warsy Star Wars movie ever. Even Rogue One, which only has about two minutes of lightsabers, feels like a Star it, Wars you, movie. No, no point do I feel like I feel like I'm watching a slightly different version of Star Wars. But Star a, Wars a, 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 an entry into a genre that Star Wars has never done, but still Star Wars. Even Phantom Menace at its fucking worst still feels like a Star Wars movie. This doesn't for a multitude of reasons and it's just, it's really fucking annoying. And it's small things, right. This is the one improvement I would have added to this Mm -hmm. that I think would help a lot with the Snoke situation. I want to point out, I thought of this half an hour ago on a Tesco car park. (laughs) Right? Just keep that in mind. So, it's one scene. Now, as much as they're trying to replicate the original trilogy and kind of mine it for all of their stuff, like for like in most parts, I think there was one scene in the prequels that would have helped a lot here to fucking rip off blatantly but with good purpose, right? Mm. It's a fucking quiet scene, which this movie lacks. It lacks any quiet, dialogue-heavy scenes. Oh, the Luke and, Luke and Ray get some, but there could have been better place ones. It's All it needs is Snoke and Kylo, right? And you have them overlooking the Resistance, running away from them with a fucking big shield on the back, and Kylo's getting angry, because obviously he's a hothead like fucking Poe's, just going, why don't we fucking do this? Let's just fucking go and get him. He said, look, right, calm the fuck down. We don't need to be attacking right away. We're in the position of power. And all you have Snoke do is say, did you ever hear of the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Right? And you tell the same fucking story that the Emperor said to Anakin, right? Verbatim. However, you add in at the end, you said, but the thing was, the Master Darth Plagueis... He didn't die. People thought he did. His apprentice thought he did, but he was more powerful than that. He simply removed himself from the situation because at the time it wasn't to his advantage. And he waited his time until such a time that the Sith were truly in possession of the ultimate power, with someone with the ultimate power, right? And now that the last Jedi is ready to die, right? That power will strike without hesitation and will finally bring true order to the Force, right? That solves who the fuck Snoke is, because it's clear he's fucking Darth Plagueis in the same way that the scene episode 3 subtly lets you in if you haven't already clocked who the fuck... Um, His apprentice was. Yeah. Yep. Who the fuck um, Palpatine is, right? It fucking sets up, you know, why he's now chosen to come back now, because Kylo Ren is clearly the one he's talking about as being the true fucking power, Right. 
And there's enough subtlety in that last line to say, right, the power, the ultimate power will strike without hesitation at the right moment to bring first, to bring true order to the force. Right? That explains Kylo's decision to fucking chop Snoke in half. The true, it's a prophecy again. Yeah. The true ultimate power did strike at the right time to bring his order to the force, but that came at the the expense of Snoke slash Darth Plagueis the wise. You just say that his first name is Snoke. His name was Snoke Plagueis. Fucking done. I came up with that shit. Me with a two-one in a media degree on a car park on Tesco half an hour ago, right? <laughs> and that solves one of the biggest problems with this fucking movie. You mean to tell me that someone that was paid millions upon millions of dollars to fucking think about this shit couldn't have thought about that? And it wouldn't mean everyone's banging on about well, Snoke was a nothing. It's a five-minute scene. It calls back to a great, the best scene in Episode Three. You know everything you need to know about Snoke, and it gives gravitas to him dying and makes Kylo that much better as a character. Fucking done. There are scenes like this you could have peppered all the way through this movie. It's a very long fucking movie. You cut as much shit out of that casino shit as you need to to get better <laughs> scenes in there, yeah. and everything's better. That's what's annoying me. There is very obvious ways to improve this movie. And I'll tell you what's annoying me about that. It's not the fact that I don't think they weren't capable of making that decision. Mm. It's the fact that I think... And may, maybe I'm showing my fanboy colours a little bit here, but I think that Ryan Johnson and the people that defend Ryan Johnson's direction of this movie are the ones who don't like Star Wars. Mm. Now, now make, let me make that clear. Maybe Ryan Johnson grew up with Star Wars. Yes, a lot of us did. We are the second generation of Star yes. Wars fans. He's probably part of the first, if I had to guess. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Mm. But at the same time, this movie acts with total disdain for the Star Wars canon. Yeah. And it goes out of its fucking way to subvert, destroy, and just change everything. But for what betterment, I ask? Yeah. You don't need to change a fairy tale. No, you're right. A fairy tale is perfect no matter when it is told. That is why they have been around for fucking centuries. Star Wars is a fairy tale. You don't have to modernise it in this way. Kids don't watch Empire Strikes Back anymore because it doesn't speak to their generation. It's fucking timeless. It will always speak to their generation. This feels like a product of the now. Mm. It really does. And to kind of paraphrase what Zack Snyder once said about Superman, I imagine Rian Johnson went, I'm going to make a movie that some people might interpret as Star Wars. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that makes so much sense. Right? And the only saving grace, the thing that made me think of hope at the end of this movie is... At least JJ is coming back to see this fucking home. If anyone can restore fucking balance to these movies and get everything back under lock and key and fucking solve this shit out, it's fucking JJ. I have absolute unquestionable faith in JJ Abrams to fucking bring this home. No shadow of doubt in my mind he'll be able to do this. Whether he's a bit like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, I know they paid him a lot of money, so he'll probably get over it. But yeah. Hopefully he wasn't like completely creatively spent. And then the only thing that will happen then, he'll come out to do a great episode 9 seat off. Because to be fair, you know what I mean? We, we There's still there's still enough work moving pieces there. Yes, the Snoke thing and Ray's thing gone. You can still make a great Star Wars movie and bring a great conclusion to this trilogy. No fucking problem. And J.J.'s the man to do that. The only problem might be then is like, Fuck, I wish you'd done episode 8 as well. <laughs> Fuck's sake, we'll let this fucking chancer in and, now. And that's the thing, to end on a note of hope, like you said, this is the middle movie. Maybe, when 9 is out, yeah. it will retroactively make this movie more enjoyable. We both said we want to watch it again. It might be a grower. We might go and see it a second time and say, right, 
I kind of get what people are on about. I like this now because I know the whole story. I I like Rogue One better on a second sitting. Yeah. So I did as well. We, we don't. We you know it might get better, but yeah, maybe they were just setting us up so that when Han Solo sucks even more than this one, we're ready for it. Oh God, we've only got five months until that movie. They're going to push that back. I'd put my. I don't have a house, but I put <laughs> my hypothetical house on there, move that back to it. Maybe not December. Well, why not? It keeps the pattern going, yeah. but. With the amount of reshoots they've had to do on that, we haven't seen a single fucking trailer for it. That's true. I think they're going to move it just to give Ron enough time to fucking, you know, oh god, fix it. Yeah, if if that's all I want from next year, like I don't really care if it's that bad. I just want it to be a tangibly good, decent movie, just so we can have Howard. You've done it again. God, what if we don't get to make that joke, Michael? Oh god, we're, we're <laughs> please, please be oh, good. If we don't. Right. Oh, plug away, Michael. Okay, so if you genuinely think that we have any opinions left, you can go and follow us on Twitter. I'm uh, personally at AppThatMikeOwen, or you can go and follow the site at uh, FowlyNT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Darren? Uh, you can find me and argue with me on Twitter at the Guthridge. Um We have a few podcasts out at the moment. You can go listen to. We've got a Stranger Things 2 review. Uh, we've got our uh, What is the Other Movie? We Just Watched Michael that we put the podcast out. I listened to it today. Justice League. There we there go. We go. <laughs> uh, we're also gearing up for the uh, end of year podcast. We're going to have a Best Films of 2017. And then in the new year, we'll have our 2018 preview episode. We'll also have new articles on the website, uh, both of explaining more about our top 10 movies and also some of our worst movies, the top mm-hmm. 10, everything mm-hmm. else of 2017, which apart from this this bit of a quibble at the end of the year i think actually 2017 has not been too bad to us pretty solid There's a lot of good stuff we can talk yeah, about solid just, if unspectacular yeah I it's think. just a shame that the star wars is not not one of those things <sighs> it was bound to happen michael the kids these days need to learn what a bad star wars movie is we had to go through two before we got a good one That's so true. you know at least they have four swags to fall back on right no. and if you do genuinely disagree with us i can see not saying condescending i can see how people would love this movie yeah I really, really do. So if you have any opinions to the contrary of what we said, or if you agree with us, please do let us know on our many and various media channels. Bye, Bye everybody. everybody.